0: Hello and welcome to the Main Question podcast from UMaine. I'm your host, Ron Lusnet. We're coming at you with episode two of season three. In this episode, which went live in late September 2020, we look back just a little bit to late summer, which in Maine is blueberry harvest time. We're going to take a deep dive into this iconic Maine product. Our state is, after all, the only one in the country that grows low bush blueberries, otherwise known as wild blueberries. Along with lobsters, lighthouses, and potatoes, blueberries are one of the products that people around the globe identify with Maine. They've been here since the glaciers retreated, mostly down east in Hancock and Washington County. They're a significant contributor to the Maine economy to the tune of around $50 million every year. That comes from the 500 or so commercial farmers who tend about 36,000 acres of commercial fields. As with many agricultural products, growing blueberries and making a living or a profit is a challenge for these farmers. Market fluctuations, labor costs, and of course, climate change all present obstacles, and the market has been pretty tough of late. But there are exciting developments on a number of fronts as well. Everything from new markets and value-added products to medicines and health-boosting supplements are in the works. UMaine Cooperative Extension and a number of faculty members from across the university are involved in advancing the state of the blueberry industry and creating these new innovations. UMaine is the research university in the country that does the bulk of this work. Lily Calderwood is the person at UMaine who leads these efforts. She's the Wild Blueberry Specialist with Cooperative Extension and an Assistant Professor of Horticulture. She talked about the past, present and future of this little plant and the fruit it yields, why she finds it fascinating to work with, and she even has a few tasty tips for enjoying this product that is uniquely Maine. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I know uh, the blueberry growing season or harvesting season just ended. So you must have been worn out a little bit by that, but uh, you survived that okay, it looks like.
1: Absolutely, we survived and it is a busy month of August every year. We hit September and it's definitely time to um, regroup and relax a little bit.
0: Well, maybe you could paint us the big picture about blueberries in Maine. How long has the the plant been here? How does it grow? Just tell us about this plant and how many acres and where did it come from?
1: So wild blueberries, also known as the lowbush blueberry in Maine, are native to Maine and they've been here for thousands of years. They are here because of the special soils that we have and they have um, adapted to live in the poorer soils of Maine that are low in nutrients compared to other agricultural land. They're growing in very sandy gravelly soils that are glacial deposits and those glacial deposits are in what we call down east Maine in Hancock and Washington counties also in southern Penobscot county and um, really on every mountaintop you climb in Maine you'll find wild blueberries. Uh, We also have a large uh, growing uh, group of growers in mid-coast Maine, so Knox and Lincoln counties um, definitely have wild blueberry production on the hills. Similarly, those hills are glacial, glacially formed, so these are all poor soils. The, the soils are shallow, so there isn't a lot of space uh, for other plants to grow, and so that's why this blueberry has thrived there for so long, and it is a plant that was uh, harvested by the Native Americans who were here first and uh, harvesting this crop for their own use. So it has a, a, a rich history in Maine.
0: I was gonna say one of the pleasant surprises about uh, going for a hike in Maine up to any mountain top is that you often see just wild blueberries growing along the along the trail and you can have a little snack on the way. That's a, that's a nice little added bonus of uh, being a hiker in Maine, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. It's such a nice treat.
0: How many acres are, are we talking about?
1: We have 36,000 acres of Low bush blueberry in Maine that is under commercial production. Um, so when you see, that doesn't include the berries you see on the mountaintops. Um, the commercial production is done by small family farmers and large um, international fruit producers. So we have a real range of farm sizes, uh, but they're all growing the same plant. It's grown by 485 farmers total, and we have 36,000 acres. On average, the last two years, it the crop has brought in $50 million to the Maine economy. It's the third largest crop in Maine. Um, so it's third um, to hay and potatoes.
0: I was going to just ask the role that blueberries play in, the, in Maine agriculture and the Maine economy overall. It's It's not insignificant.
1: And so our acreage has decreased over the past 50 years or so uh, because of the increase in uh, lowbush blueberry production in Canada. Um, But more recently, the marketing challenges are more related to the competition from highbush blueberries. So highbush blueberries have um, seen a real increase in the acreage grown across the world. In the US, but also in Central and South America, in Asia, in Africa, everywhere. There is that competition. And now that there are so many fresh high bush blueberries on the market, they've started to freeze those berries. Um, and that frozen high bush berry in the supermarket and um, out in the world has competed with the lowbush frozen berries.
0: Is it just a different variety of the same species? When you look at Maine lowbush blueberries, is that what they call wild blueberries? Make the distinction for us if you could.
1: So we have lowbush blueberries, which we also call wild blueberries. Those are the same thing. And they are the native plant here in Maine. In these fields, we have really a field crop. The plant, it doesn't get it any higher than 10 inches off the ground. These are low to the ground and they have never been bred. So we don't have varieties of low bush blueberry to plant. The plant, this crop is not planted. It is a native rhizome that is here and has been here for hundreds and thousands of years, which is very unique for a commercial crop. So, these uh, growers will take to create a new field. You would cut down the forest in Maine, and the blueberry rhizomes, the roots, are already there and they will pop up and they'll do better once they have open sunlight. Now, high bush blueberries are the kind you can buy a variety and you can plant a high bush blueberry in your backyard. So, these, the high bush blueberry originally was also found in a similar habitat but it's just taller and so that has been bred for commercial agriculture and is grown in rows and is just generally easier to pick.
0: Can you talk about any differences in terms of uh, flavor or uh, nutrients or, or anything like that?
1: The low bush blueberry uh, tends to have more flavor in a single cup because our fields have multiple different genetic individuals. And because they're a native plant and they haven't been bred, we haven't bred out all of the genetic diversity in the field. So we have plants that look different, they have slightly different leaf sizes, they have slightly different leaf texture, but they also have different berry flavor. So in a single cup, in a handful, you'll end up with a bunch of different flavors. And they are also smaller berries compared to highbush blueberries. Because the lowbush blueberries are smaller, they have more skin per unit area. And the antioxidants, the healthy compounds in blueberries are located in the skin. So the more blueberry skin you eat, um, the more antioxidants you're getting. And therefore, these smaller berries have twice as many antioxidants as the highbush.
0: So little is better, I guess, and variety is the spice of life is sort of the lesson there, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Blueberries are often mentioned as an iconic uh, symbol for the state of Maine, along with lobsters and potatoes and a couple of other uh, agricultural crops. How, how How and when did that story come to be?
1: Oh, boy. Well, I think it really does begin with the Native people in Maine and for the Civil War, Wild blueberries were canned and shipped to the Union troops. Um, so that was really their first, the first time they were shipped outside of Maine, and the first time that the country realized that this was a, a really tasty crop. And after that, uh, the development of freezers came along and Uh, That allowed growers to store more fresh uh, or a different product. Rather than having canned, they were able to freeze them, which created a higher quality product uh, and just a different product. And today, uh, 90% of the crop is still frozen and sold as an ingredient for bagels and muffins. It makes a very nice ingredient because of the smaller size as well.
0: So talk about this past uh, season. It was uh, one of several tough growing seasons of late. Is that sort of the trend you're seeing?
1: Yep, it was definitely a challenging season. It was definitely a challenging season. We've uh, been hit by three major things, I would say. So the first would be um, a late spring frost event, um, which are becoming more common. And so this frost event came right when the plants were in bloom um, and as the frost comes, it'll really just burn off the, the flower and that flower, if it wasn't already pollinated, won't be able to produce a blueberry. Uh, so we've lost some yield that, from that. We also had severe drought, as the whole state of Maine did. Um, it's been challenging for all, all farmers. If we don't have any rain, the berries um, don't have any ability to expand. And so they end up being very small. And so small in some cases that they'll fall through the rakes. These berries are harvested with rakes, uh, similar to a cranberry. And if the berries are too small, they'll just fall right through. And they'll also fall right through the uh, sorters in the processing line. So there are multiple steps where we lose um, a lot of little berries. The third challenge was uh, COVID-19. And so I actually, our testing for uh, COVID-19 has gone very smoothly in the industry. I think it just slowed things down a little bit during harvest because we do have um, migrant workers who come to Maine. um, And we're so thankful to have them. They were tested, and the process went well. It just slowed everything down.
0: So being a farmer is always a challenge, even in the best of times. Can you talk about some of the challenges? You, you mentioned some already, but a lot of these are driven by uh, you know, the, the topic that we talk about in a lot of arenas these days, climate change, right?
1: Absolutely. So uh, climate change is impacting uh, wild blueberry growers in Maine. Um, and as I mentioned, one of the big ones is the late spring frost events. And uh, so two out of the last three years, we have experienced uh, very low overnight temperatures during bloom. Um, And as I mentioned, it it can significantly reduce the crop yield. The other one is drought. Again, we've had um, several years in the past decade that have been very dry in June, July, and or August. And so there there are certain windows during the season where we really do need some rain. In the end of June, end of July, and maybe one or two rainstorms are really needed in August to help the farmers stagger their harvest. It takes about three to four weeks to harvest the whole crop in Maine. So if we get a little rain in the middle of that time, it kind of holds the berries, um, keeps the quality up towards the end. And then the third issue with climate change is that we do have some in- new invasive pests. Not all of them are specifically linked to climate change, um, but a lot of insects and pests are expanding their range. Um, so for example, the spotted ring drosophila is one, one um, insect pest that is a problem. And it's, it's a new thing for us to research and provide applied education to growers um, on, but also a new thing for farmers to learn how to manage.
0: Can you just talk about the markets? You mentioned, of course, canned blueberries, which everybody knows and and frozen, and there's certainly a market for fresh blueberries. Are there other uh, market opportunities for this product that are uh, starting to emerge?
1: There are value added, what we would call value added products that some small and large blueberry businesses are getting into now these are things that that have demand from customers as well. So uh, blueberry wine is something that's coming along and it's a drier wine. It has a lower alcohol content just simply because of the sugar content of the berries. We also have interest in dried blueberries for granola bars or um, blueberry powder. Smoothies are a very popular thing to make these days, and blueberry powder is uh, has a really nice color. People are using it on top of ice cream or in uh, baked goods, it adds this really neat color. We also have seen an increase in interest for fresh pack berries, so the fresh berries during the season. Uh, so there's an effort to make these fresh berries more available to people who come to Maine in the summer but also outside of Maine, improving our farm to store cooling lines is a real challenge so we're working with growers on that
0: and blueberries have shown a little bit of promise in terms of uh, their health benefits. can you can you talk about what what's going on there?
1: The human health benefits of wild blueberries have been studied at the University of Maine but also at other universities uh, for more than twenty years these Studies have showed that wild blueberries promote healthy brain and cardiovascular health in addition to a reduced risk for diabetes. And these berries do contain 33% more anthocyanins and twice the antioxidants of the non-wild blueberries or highbush blueberries. The anthocyanins provide the antioxidant activity that can combat some of this inflammation in the body. So, it's inflammation that these berries seem to be very effective at mitigating.
0: It seemed like 10 or 15 years ago that blueberries were having their moment, they were starting to be exported to Asia and other places, but the vagaries of the market, it, things wax and wane, don't they? So which way is it headed? It's just overall in terms of its uh, demand, popularity, that kind of thing.
1: It's definitely had a low point now um, for the past several years, but I think it's on the way up. There is increased demand, especially during the pandemic. There is increased demand for healthy foods, uh, which blueberries are definitely part of. So we have seen an increase in interest to support local farms, I hope, <laughs> and I, I think there is evidence to show that there's an increased demand, so hopefully it's on the upswing.
0: Talk about the role of the University of Maine and Cooperative Extension play in supporting the industry. There's work being done here that's being done nowhere else in the world, right?
1: So Maine is the only state that has wild blueberries and therefore We have this opportunity to study them and work with these growers. The UMaine Cooperative Extension conducts farmer to farmer and farmer to researcher education in addition to doing applied research. And that applied research is on topics that directly assist farmers in growing the crop in ways that are economically and ecologically. Some sensible. For example, I'm conducting research on organic weed and nutrient management with the goal of identifying methods to increase organic blueberry yield. So that's getting at production, but also a new market that is out there. I'm also doing a study on mulch particle size. The goal with that project is to increase the water holding capacity of the wild blueberry soils by applying mulch. Another area where I'll start um, working on next season is in berry quality. And we're going to identify some more precise harvest timing um, in order to harvest blueberries at specific times for different end uses. So there may be certain times during the harvest um, that we can take advantage of for the wineries or you know maybe two weeks later, they're actually better for the dried product. There's chemistry that develops across the length of the season and um, we're gonna dig into that a bit.
0: In the food science and human nutrition area, there's some work being done there in terms of uh, health benefits, new product development here at UMaine as well?
1: In the food science department, they're definitely working on food safety and new product development there's some new uh, blueberry yogurt products, I think, out there. And um, I also have excellent colleagues in the School of uh, Biology and Ecology, where uh, they're working on you know, in- integrated insect and disease management for the crop, and also looking at the effect that warming temperatures have on plant growth. Why
0: does this plant interest you? And, and what's it like to be out on the barrens? You're, you're out there quite a bit in nature or on, on, the, on the farms. Uh, just talk about your take on all this.
1: Coming from Vermont and New York, where I was working in perennial and annual systems, it's certainly a very different landscape. But I am really impressed by the resiliency of this crop and the resilience of the farmers who grow it. They work with such a such a historical crop that they are, are very attached to it. They're just very resilient, just as they are in the landscape. Uh, the landscape and the people are meshed together, which is very interesting. It's also a beautiful place. There are all these fields out there, and you never know um, where there is a blueberry field. You know, we all drive by a lot of blueberry fields. They're just kind of tucked back in the woods, you just have no idea that they're there. So they're in every corner of Maine and it's, it's a special thing.
0: What does the future look like? What do, you, what do you hope to see? What do you think you'll see? Pick your horizon five to 10 years from now for the crop, for the industry, for any other developments you'd, you'd care to share with us?
1: These berries, as I mentioned, have thrived in Maine for thousands of years. So it's not going anywhere they'll definitely still be here and the growers will be here growing it. We do hope to see the current increase in demand continue. I hope to see more diversity in the high quality wild blueberry products that are available to customers, especially in the northeast. Wild blueberries are this local crop that is abundant in Maine, so there's no reason why people in Boston and New York should have trouble finding it. There's some work to do um, in our supply chain, I'm really looking forward to helping the growers identify, you know, what temperatures to cool the berries to to get shelf life to extend, and looking at these different berry quality topics to help them sell value-added products, you know, across the region.
0: What's your favorite way to consume blueberries? Any recipes you'd care to share? Or
1: I love blueberry pie. Uh, old classic, but I am really getting into blueberry powder. I think it's a really neat uh, product and it almost tastes like a pixie stick. I haven't had a pixie stick, you know, that kind of a kid's candy thing in a very long time. And I dried some blueberry powder and, you know, I realized like this tastes like a pixie stick. Somebody should just make there, there's this endless list of items you could make with these cool blueberries. So I'm excited to see what growers come up with. They're very innovative people. I hope entrepreneurs come along and want to take on wild blueberries as part of their product line and the sky's the limit and then it'll, it'll turn out pretty well.
0: Thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. A healthy version of the Pixie Sticks we all enjoyed as kids, without all the sugar, but made with blueberry powder. I am all in on that. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to our series if you're so inclined. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Until next time, this is Ron Liznett.